Thank you for tuning in to Paladin Financial Talk. Today, we're going to talk about the differences between qualified and non-qualified money, which is an important distinction when it comes to optimizing your retirement plan. This is Paladin Financial Talk with Jeff Foley from Paladin Financial. Basically, the more accounts you have, the more opportunities there are for mistakes. So taking control of your assets may help you to avoid some of those common mistakes that investors make. When a part of your financial strategy is out of tune, your long-term goals, your retirement savings, and your legacy can all suffer. Listen in as we address your financial concerns and provide helpful solutions to put you on the path to achieving your retirement goals, your money, and your plans in perfect harmony. And now, here is Paladin Financial Talk with Jeff Foley. Hello, and welcome back to Paladin Financial Talk. My name is Jeff Foley with Paladin Financial, and our co-host today, Tony Shore, as always. How are you doing, Tony? I am so good today, Jeff. That's Super. Great. That's good to hear. Fantabulous, as I like to say. Excellent. Yeah. <laughs> Tony, by the way, are you an Amazon Prime member? I am, and I have been almost since they've offered Amazon Prime. Whoa. Yeah. Nice. Do you watch any of their shows that they have, the content they push out? I do. I have. There's yeah. quite a few great shows on there, honestly. Yeah. I really like it. I've, uh, I've gotten into those this year, some, and uh, have you seen the show Patriot? No, I haven't seen that one. Is that good? Worth checking out. It's a he's a the guy's an undercover CIA agent and gets in Ooh. deep and his he's having some challenges coping with his job and it's uh, it's it's funny and entertaining and a little bit of action in there. Oh wow! Very dry I, I, humor. I think. I, oh, I'd like it then. You know that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I like my humor dry, wet. Whichever way. Yeah. Yeah. With sprinkles. <laughs> I, I'll take it any which way. Good deal. Good deal. Yeah. Well, folks, uh, if you have any questions for us after to uh, listening to today's show, give us a call. Our number is 877-219-3199. And you can also visit us online at financialpaladin.com. Now, going into our topic here today, the difference between qualified and non-qualified money you know, all money spends the same, but not all money is taxed the same. And today we're going to take a dive into the topic of those two different types of money and the possible tax treatment of, of them. So depending on your unique situation in retirement, it might be beneficial for you to have both types of assets at your disposal and uh, looking at the mixture of how much you have in each of those. So that opens up a lot of questions in the uh, financial planning process. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Well, it sounds like a great topic for today, but you know what? I'm going to have to reverse on you because you put me on the spot at the beginning of the show uh, and I was racking my brain. What are those two shows I like to watch? I like to watch Bosch and Jack Ryan. Okay. Yes. Which are actually both based on books that I read. I read both those book series. So uh, I like those, but I've never seen uh, Patriot. Now, also, there's a funny one I watch on there sometimes called The Tick, which is based on a cartoon. Yep. Which, yeah. of course, you know, right up my alley. <laughs> Not exactly what I'd call dry humor there. Uh, but so qualified versus non-qualified. Um, you know, this is one of those things where some people, you know, their eyes roll back in their heads or they might tune out because they're like, yeah, whatever. I mean, it sounds great, but um, give us a definition. I mean, how do we tell the difference between qualified and non-qualified money and why do we, why should we care about this? Jeff? Yeah, it's an important distinction. And a lot of people are confused about that, um, understandably, but 
We're going to dig into those a little bit more, what makes those accounts different, why they both have value to you. And as with many things in your retirement strategy, there are advantages and disadvantages to both qualified and non-qualified accounts. And what is right for you and the mixer depends on your unique situation. But for the typical retirement saver, having a mix of qualified and non-qualified accounts can provide you with balance and flexibility because taxes change over time. Your income changes, your taxes change. So the, the difference between the two, um, qualified accounts, the, all of this is defined by what's called ERISA, Employee Retirement Income Security Act that was uh, enacted in 1974, goes back a ways. So it seems like a long time ago they're they're ready for their AARP card, but um, <laughs> that's where the definitions come from. So and there've been a number of uh, attempts to update ERISA over the years, but the two types we have qualified accounts; those are de- designed to give you tax benefits on funds that you invest and help you to build a bigger asset pool to jump into at retirement time, or at least that's the hope. Sure. Non-qualified accounts do not come with such tax benefits, but they do come with the freedom to move your money without age restrictions typically or withdrawal penalties, depending on the investment product that you're using. So qualified for tax purposes, non-qualified for tax purposes. Hmm. So it's really a tax designation. Exactly. Is what it, is yep. what it is. Now, you mentioned ERISA. And isn't that what you guys were going to call your child? Had you had a girl? <laughs> Wasn't that the name you'd picked out, Arissa? With a Y. Right. Turns out, a, yeah, and you were going to add it at a Y. You were no. going to spell it with a Y to be a little, uh, a little kind of hip there, Jeff. Yeah. But but as it turns out, you had a son and named him Jax. But yep. uh, but Arissa, I know that was your first choice for a oh, girl. Absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> all your names are tax, I assume, tax and financial related Certainly. for all your kids. Yeah. <laughs> I'm sure your wife appreciates that. Um, all right. Well, at least she, maybe she would have talked you out of the Arissa thing. Let's, <laughs> let's hope if you ever have a daughter. Um, but some of this to our listeners might seem as clear as mud. Uh, yeah. 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 <laughs> Stick with us, folks. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, in addition to having different benefits, both types of accounts come with some rules on how you can use them, and they're designed to keep people from taking advantage of loopholes that were created in the establishment of qualified accounts. So qualified plans in particular, they come with some additional benefits that might make following those rules worth it. And that's one reason many employer-sponsored accounts are established as qualified plans. So for example, 401ks, 403bs, those are qualified plans. Yeah. And you mentioned 401ks. That's a really common retirement account for a lot of people. I mean, most people I know have a 401k through their employers. Exactly. Yep. And one of the reasons employers like offering those is it gives them a tax break on the funds that they contribute to their employees' account. So that gives a benefit for both the employer and the employee. So if your employer participates in a 401k match or otherwise contributes, you know, a percentage of your salary to your retirement plan, they're receiving a tax benefit for doing so on their side of the ledger. Oh, I never thought of that. That's a win-win then. Correct. Yes. Yep. So qualified accounts, they also require employers to treat everyone equally. So going back to ERISA, they have a lot of rules about how those plans are established and managed and so forth. So if a company offers a 3% match, they have to offer that to everyone who qualifies. And this isn't just for the executive level. The benefit covers everyone in the company who qualifies and treats them exactly the same. So they they can have some minor restrictions on there, like you have to have been working there at least a year and you're certain 
uh, years old. Right, and you're talking about some of the reasons an employer uh, would like offering a qualified plan to its employees. And of course, the obvious reason is the tax benefits uh, that the employer would benefit from then, right? Correct. Yep. Yep. Both you and your employer benefit from that. And you also need to understand that a qualified plan can offer traditional and Roth contributions. Oh, wow. So with traditional qualified contributions, the money that you put in comes off the top, so to speak. So if you have $1,000 of income, salary, let's say, and you do a traditional contribution, that money is moving over, you're not paying taxes on it, um, and that's invested in the account, that's known as a pre-tax contribution. And if your plan, let's say a 401k again, offers a Roth option, the money that you put into it is taxed first, but it comes out tax-free later. So the traditional contribution, you don't get a tax deduction up front. And when you take the money out down the road, you pay taxes on everything versus Roth, you pay the taxes now and not later, as long as you follow some rules. So for that pre-tax contribution, uh, that's tax-free money for the employee then? Yeah, and, and no, it's not tax-free. And, you know, ultimately, you're going to pay taxes on that money when you withdraw it oh, from yeah. the account. So yep. it, <clears throat> you don't get a tax ben- benefit up front. Uh, it grows tax-deferred. And then when you take the money out, you pay taxes on it at that point. Sure. And you want to <clears throat> do that after age 59 and a half to, order, uh, to avoid a 10% uh, penalty from the IRS. But for now, the, the tax advantage 401k allows you to use more of your money to compound your returns over time because the tax money wasn't taken out. So pre-tax contributions, they're not taxed up front. You pay on it later. With Roth, you pay the taxes now, comes out tax-free later. But it grows. The Roth version uh, is is a non-qualified account. So it, it grows. It, you already pay taxes on the money up front that you put in. And then it grows tax-free. So the growth, the interest, and the principal, when you do pull it out after age 59 and a half, you don't pay any taxes on any of it? That's correct. It's still <clears throat> still technically qualified money, the Roth would be, but the, it's you're putting in after-tax Oh, I see what you mean. Yeah. Sure. sure. So which of those you should use and, and what balance between those you should use depends on your situation and your taxable income, what are you paying in taxes, and a lot of different factors there. So that's something we help our clients navigate is how much to make into each of those. So I would assume in certain situations when you meet with somebody and look at their financial situation, you'd say, hey, if you convert this to a Roth or, or open up a Roth right now, you're going to be in much better shape when you retire than a traditional or vice versa in Absolutely. some situations. Yep, exactly. So it's not the same for everybody. Correct. Because it sounds like I always thought, well, why wouldn't you want the Roth? Because, you know, I'd rather pay taxes on the seed than the harvest. Yep. Because I assume it'll be higher later. I'll pay less now. And then when I take it out in retirement, I can take it out tax-free, basically. At least at that time, it's tax-free. And don't have to pay at that time in retirement when I need the money. But you mentioned something that actually makes uh, a traditional as a a benefit, too, because more money goes in because it's not being taxed, so you're putting in more each month, and that has a chance to compound more then. Correct, yep. Yeah, so it so, really depends on the person's situation, age, your income, what your taxes look like in general. Sure, 
And it sounds like there might be some math involved. Yeah, I know. I was personally told there would be no math, Jeff. (laughs) That's why you're here. So I took it reminds me I took an exam, (laughs) taken a number of different exams in our industry over the years. But I remember one that I showed up with uh, had my calculator and my pencil and looked around and 95 percent of the people in there, there was over 200 of them in the room. Everyone had two calculators, extra batteries. And I thought, oh, my, this is going to be a, a lovely, <laughs> oh, no. lovely six hour experience. <laughs> two calculators and extra batteries. <laughs> yeah, I would just get up at that point and walk out of the room. <laughs> That's the difference. I'm glad you I'm glad you, you did it. Yeah. So I didn't have to. That's great. Well, the funny thing you also mentioned was age 59 and a half. I love our government, especially the <laughs> IRS, when they come up with these rules. So if you withdraw, I get why they make this rule. If you withdraw from these uh, tax-deferred accounts like a 401k or a traditional IRA or a 403b, before you're 59 and a half, they want you to wait until retirement. So they made this year but why a half year, yeah, Jeff? Yep. Why 59 and a half? Why not 59 or 60? It's called the negotiation. Yeah, 59 and a half, 70 and a half. You look at the new tax law that went into effect this year, you know, with medical expenses and you're being able to deduct those. We have a one year change and then we go back to what we've been at for a number of years. It's uh, it's debate. Yeah. <laughs> Negotiation. It is funny. So are there, uh, you mentioned that, uh, how does that come into play and are there any exceptions that allow us to withdraw before 59 and a half? Yeah. Yeah. There's, that's another important restriction, uh, on many qualified accounts. You take that money out prior to 59 and a half, you pay a 10% IRS penalty. In addition, you usually have to start withdrawing that money as of age 70 and a half. And those are your required minimum distributions, your RMDs. Sure. So, you know, if people have questions about this, Jeff, how do they contact you? Because this is, you know, it gets into the weeds here a little bit. Yeah. Uh, our phone number is 877-219-3199. And our website is financialpaladin.com. All right. That sounds great. Now, uh, we're going to talk about some non-qualified plans and their benefits, right? Correct. Yes. Yep. There he is. So non-qualified accounts, since you've already paid income tax on the funds that are going in, you can generally do what you want with them. There's some exceptions to that. But unlike qualified accounts, there are no contribution limits. You're taxed on dividends, capital gains, and interest that's earned throughout the year, but not on the original, the principal, or what's called the cost basis of the amounts invested. So let's say I invested $100, just to make it simple, and withdrew $150, I would only be taxed on the 50, my gains? Yeah, sometimes not that simple. You've got the right ideas, number of factors to consider there, but in general, that's the right idea, and that's something we can help you to navigate and understand. Um, You know, and another thing that comes up with non-qualified money, I just had this conversation earlier this morning, is... If you bought Facebook stock at you know $50 and it's now worth $200 and you decide to sell that and you've got an after-tax account, you're going to pay taxes on $150 of growth. Should you do that or not do that? Well, the other side to look at is Facebook, tech stock, they don't pay dividends, they're a growth company, their, their stock value can go up and down quickly as we've seen in the last couple of months. Yeah. So sometimes it might make sense to take the hit on the taxes in order to take some of the winnings off the table that you've earned over the years, Better have better diversification going forward. Oh, that's a great point. That's a good tip. I thought it was too, Tony. Thank you. <laughs> that's good. But now these non-qualified accounts where you're putting in 
after tax money. Uh, are those also offered by employees? They can. Yeah, employers will typically use non-qualified accounts to supplement the income of highly compensated individuals. So executives within the company. Sure. And they can they do that because they're not subject to the limits and the res- rules that apply to qualified plans where they have to treat everyone the same. So you think of a big corporation, they're going to have a lot of non-qualified plans that are carved out specifically for their highly paid executives. Well, it sounds like that certainly wouldn't apply to everyone, but but like you say, it's helpful to know. So to recap, let me see if I have this right. One way to categorize non-qualified and qualified accounts is the type of tax advantages they offer. So if our money is invested in a way that provides tax deferred growth, you're probably dealing with a qualified account. Uh, and again, uh, governed by ERISA, qualified accounts offer benefits to help us build our next nest egg then, Correct. right? Yep. Yeah, you got it. And qualified accounts are also subject to maximum contribution limits and age-based restrictions on when and how you can withdraw your money. Some of those we, we talked about earlier. Non-qualified accounts, though, are composed of funds that are taxed before you invest them mm-hmm. and you're not limited on how much you can contribute and you're only taxed on the dividends, the gains, and the interest uh, when when those are occurring. Yeah, I think the big takeaway here is that tax benefits are what we're talking about. That's really what makes qualified and non-qualified accounts different, right? Yeah, correctly. Yeah, exactly. So, and qualified accounts, again, that's very heavily regulated with ERISA and the IRS. Uh, non-qualified accounts are a lot simpler, less paperwork. So the Department of Labor uh, only requires a short form in opening up a non-qualified account, but a qualified one, there's a lot more moving par- parts. You have a what's called a Form 5500 that has to be filed each year by the plan and a summary annual report that's sent out to all the participants that everyone certainly reads cover to cover. So that's uh, so there's some r- different rules there. And that's all the time we've got right now to talk about qualified and, and non-qualified accounts. But, you know, this is a important piece that comes into planning for retirement. If you're listening and you're about to retire and that I'd say within 10 years, wherever, whatever age you're at, you want to start thinking about what is my mix of qualified and non-qualified money? Where am I contributing? Do I do Roth traditional? Do I do conversions to Roth IRAs or, or Roth 401ks along the way? And that is something we can help you out with. We want you to be as, as best uh, best have the best tax diversification as you can as you enter into retirement. And that's what we can help you with. Right. And that's an important thing to look at. And as things you need to be doing now that are going to affect your taxes later when you're ready to enter retirement or in retirement. Um, is there anything else you want to share with the listeners before we go then, Jeff? Yeah, as, as we do with with each of our um, recordings here, this we cover one particular topic, but what we do at Paladin Financial is we're looking at your entire picture. We look at your taxes, your estate plan, income planning, your investments, and your allocations. So there's a lot that we can do for you, and we offer a, a complimentary second opinion on your plan doesn't cost you anything other than the time that we spend together. And we encourage you to give us a call, schedule a complimentary second opinion, and see if we can help you out. Our phone number is 877-219-3199. And our website is financialpaladin.com. And we look forward to hearing from you. All right. And that does it for today's episode of Paladin Financial Talk with our host, Jeff Foley. 
Thank you for listening to Paladin Financial Talk. Don't pay too much for taxes or retire without a sound income plan. For more information, please contact Jeff Foley at Paladin Financial. Call 877-219-3199 or visit their website at financialpaladin.com. Advisory services offered through Paladin Wealth LLC, a Minnesota registered investment advisor. Paladin Wealth LLC offers advisory services under the DBA Paladin Financial and Paladin Wealth. Insurance products and services offered through Paladin Insurance LLC. Paladin Wealth LLC and Paladin Insurance LLC are affiliated companies. Jeff Foley and Paladin Financial are not affiliated with or endorsed by the Social Security Administration or any other government agency. All matters discussed during the show are for informational purposes only. Each individual situation may vary and the opinions expressed here may not apply to everyone. Materials presented are believed to be from reliable sources and no representations can be made as to its accuracy. All ideas and information should be discussed in detail with one of our qualified representatives prior to implementation.